Chapter 7 of Boston Blackie by Jack Boyle. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Woman Called Rita Spanish Mickey, proprietor of a poker game that enabled him to live in easy affluence on the earnings of the ill-paid guards at the penitentiary, lolled on a couch in his specially furnished room in Folsom Town's one hotel, indolently tinting and polishing the nails of slender fingers, soft and white as a woman's. Across the room, before a dressing-table that had cost more than any of Mickey's patrons earned from the state in a month, sat Rita the Queen, present partner of the good fortunes that had given Spanish Mickey the one gambling game within reach of an institution with a ten-thousand-dollar monthly payroll. Rita was using a lipstick and an eyebrow pencil with experienced fingers. A first glimpse at the pair indicated that Spanish Mickey and Rita the Queen were eminently suited to make each other deliriously happy and maddeningly miserable in an endless and delightful succession of emotional tides. Once it had been so. Once love, passionate jealousy, and furious anger had alternated in making their life a daily drama worth living, a drama the swift changes of which left no time for ennui. Gradually, however, Mickey became secure and satisfied in undisputed possession, and their life had become one of humdrum monotony. Rita watched Mickey for a second in her mirror, made a grimace of impatient disdain, and returned to her eyebrow pencil with a sigh of utter soul-weariness. She was tired of Folsom, tired of the once-loved man who kept her there, tired of idle, purposeless days without adventure or excitement. I've solved the secret of the mystery man, Rita. Spanish Mickey's voice was vibrant with satisfaction as it broke the woman's reverie. Yes. There was interest and curiosity in the inflection. He's the fellow who framed the getaway a night before last for the guy they're going to hang at the prison Friday. It would have gone through, you know, if a con hadn't tipped the game off. But that ain't all. This fellow who framed the break wasn't done when his first play went wrong. He's been sitting late into the poker game every night and taking pains to make friends with the prison guards. Larry Donovan, who's on duty in the death house after midnight, was in the game and blew his paycheck as usual. He tried to touch me for a twenty. Nothing doing, of course. He sure has the card fever bad. He tried to borrow all around the table and was turned down, nobody but me having checks to spare. Well, he was running around crazy mad to play again when someone says, after he tries to peddle his watch, Go on out, Larry, and peddle a prison, why don't you? You'll be able to sit in for a whole hour, then. I'd peddle a prison and everything in it for enough checks to keep me in the game till my luck changes, he says, and he meant it. I caught the stranger looking at him watchful-like, and right then I had my suspicions. Larry finally goes out to try and make a touch from Dutch, the saloon man. He's no sooner out the door than the mystery man says he's tired and cashes in. Spanish Mickey stopped, rolled a cigarette with one hand, and struck a match with the other. "'Go on, go on. What happened then?' cried Rita, her black eyes flashing with excitement and deep interest. "'The stranger goes out,' Mickey continued languidly. "'Half an hour later, Larry Donovan comes back with money. He's still playing when it comes time for him to leave the go-on watch outside the death cell. You get me, Rita? On watch in the death house.' with the stranger's dough in his jeans. Mickey stopped as though his tale were ended. 
Rita's cheeks were flushed with a tint that isn't bought in boxes, and her eyes were dark, seething pools of emotion. Here at last was what her nature craved, excitement, danger, a last hour and desperate attempt to save a man already within the shadow of the scaffold. "'And there'll be an escape tonight?' she questioned, lowering her voice. "'No, there won't be any escape tonight,' Mickey answered between puffs of smoke. I don't know where the stranger is, but I know where he will be, behind bars, inside, looking out, for him. He hesitated in momentary indecision as to the advisability of further revelations. Then he continued, Listen, Rita, you stick around here tonight and keep your eyes open and you'll see a real rumpus. Your old man Mickey has pulled some wise inside stuff, kid. After Larry left last night, I called up the warden and told him what I'd seen. I've been looking for a chance to do him a good turn ever since the town knockers began to howl about my games keeping the boys from the stir from paying their bills. I told him to call Larry Donovan into his office and throw a scare into him and he'd find out something he wants to know. The warden did it and Larry spit up everything. He was to get $5,000 in cash to let this fellow Grimes, that, that's the one they're going to hang Friday, tie him up in the death house tonight and cop his keys. The stranger showed him the real money, and Larry, thinking how many poker checks he could buy with that, agreed to stand for the getaway. But there won't be any getaway for Jimmy Grimes or his friend either, for when Mr. Mann shows up here tonight, the warden's going to grab him and his $5,000. Planning a jailbreak calls for from five to forty years in this state. Smart stranger might as well pick out a cell up at the big house right now. And meantime... Spanish Mickey and the warden are pals. Fine time the knockers will have getting him to bar the boys from my game now, eh, kid? If this mystery guy carries a gun, and I've got a hunch he does, there's liable to be lead flying tonight, for he's nervy. If Spanish Mickey had been as experienced in reading a woman's mind as he was in reading a deck of cards, he wouldn't have finished his revelation with a smile of satisfaction with which he now turned to receive Rita's commendation. He failed utterly to interpret aright what he saw on the girl's face. He thought it was frightened concern for his safety. Really, it was disgust, hatred, born of a dead passion, an adventurous resolve. "'Don't worry, kid. I won't get hurt,' he said, putting on his coat and hat. "'You'll have to eat alone tonight, unless the doings are over before dinner time, for I'm going to stay down in the poker rooms where the warden's six gunmen are hiding until this bird shows up. So long, babe. And I took that thing for my man, the woman exclaimed with a vicious look at the door through which Mickey had vanished. A copper-hearted rat who ought to be wearing a star in a blue uniform. What a fool I've been to waste six months with him. Rita wrinkled her brow into a sudden frown. Who knows, she said, answering the unspoken question in her mind. Stranger things have happened. And he's class, that's sure, or he wouldn't be taking this kind of chance for a pal in the death cell. Rita dressed for a tramp, picked up a fishing rod, and slung a creel over her shoulder. At the door, she turned back and took a revolver and a box of cartridges from Spanish Mickey's trunk. Then she went downstairs and sent the clerk to the hotel kitchen for a box of sandwiches. The Folsom house hadn't discovered bellboys yet. All prepared now for the project in her mind, she swung down the dusty road that led to the river and, incidentally, the prison. Rita reached neither the river nor the penitentiary. 
At the fork of the roads, a mile from town, she selected a grassy slope behind a boulder and sat down to wait for the coming of the man who monopolized her thoughts, though she didn't know his name and had spoken to him but once. But Mickey's tale had placed this man as one of the lawless legion who were the heroes of the life she craved, and Rita, being Rita, had no conventions to stay her pretty hand from reaching forth to grasp what it coveted. At last he came, a dark shadow slipping quietly along the road well after sunset. She rose from the grassy slope almost at his feet to find a gun against her breast before she could speak. "'It's Rita! Put up your gun!' she cried. An electric flashlight flared in her face. Then it carefully sought out with its beam of light every place of concealment about them. "'I'm alone. You have nothing to fear from me.' I've been waiting here all afternoon for you to come. She thrilled with the joy of that moment. Well, what do you want? Blackie snapped out with scant courtesy. I don't want anything, Rita said with careful inflection. But you do. You want to know, for instance, that in the room behind Spanish Mickey's joint there are six gunmen from the prison waiting for you right now. You— What? cried Blackie. Are you sure? I am. Mickey was suspicious last night when Larry Donovan, the death house guard, came back into the poker game with money after you followed him out. He— I told the lying fool he mustn't go back, and he swore he wouldn't. That's a square shooter for you. Go on. Mickey phoned the warden and told him what he suspected. The warden called Larry in today and sweated him. You know the answer to that. Blackie swore viciously. "'Come over here, and we'll sit down while I think this business out,' he said, taking her by the arm, and helping her down the bank to her former position by the roadside. "'I'm thankful for this service, Rita, very thankful, but I don't quite understand yet why you're here. You're Spanish Mickey's girl, aren't you?' "'I was, but I'm done. No man can do what he did last night and say that Rita belongs to him. I've been taught to hate coppers. If I can't have a man, a real man—' I'll live alone the rest of my life." Blackie suddenly turned his flashlight full into her face and studied her in silence. She flushed like a young girl. "'You believe me, don't you? You trust me? You can. Every drop of blood in me is right.' The girl leaned toward him and clasped his arm with both her hands. "'Yes, I trust you,' Blackie answered unhesitatingly. "'I'll not forget what you have done for me tonight, either. It is because I knew you won't that I did it." A slight pressure on his arm gave added meaning to her words. "'You can't go back into the town. What are you going to do?' she asked after a pause. "'Are you absolutely sure Donovan won't be on duty in the death house tonight?' Blackie demanded. "'Absolutely.' "'And the kid has only one more night to live. Well, I'll stick and keep trying to the end. While he still lives, there's a chance. You're going to stay now, even when you know you are discovered, know they are looking for you? Hero worship intoned every word. Sure. Something may happen. You can never tell till you try. Well, Rita, I've got to lie out in the hills tonight, and you've got to get back to town or you'll be missed if you haven't been already. Goodbye. When this business is over, I'll send you our address, and if you're ever in a tight place and need help, you'll get it if you call on me. The girl noted the plural hour with a quick tightening of the lips, but no surprise. 
That hour means his girl, she thought, as Blackie rose and helped her to her feet. I expected that. Such a man as this doesn't travel alone. But she'll have to be some girl to be more attractive and useful to him than I'm going to be, especially more useful. I knew you'd be hungry, so I brought you something to eat, she said. Also a gun and an extra box of cartridges, she added as she handed the articles over. You may need them before you're safely out of this. Do you know where the little log cabin is, in the clump of woods just below the rail bridge over the river? Yes. It belongs to Mickey, and here's the key. You'll find an oil stove, coffee, and blankets inside. Mickey is homesteading the land and has to sleep there once in a while. It will be safe and comfortable for you. You couldn't risk making a fire in the open, for they'll be combing the country for you before morning. I'll come at three tomorrow with a basket of food and all the news there is. Then you can plan your getaway. You'll meet me? I certainly will, little girl, Blackie assured her with more warmth in his voice. He was astonished at the complete efficiency of her forethought. I don't understand why you have done all this for me, a stranger, but I want you to know I'm grateful from the bottom of my heart, and I never forget a friend or a favor. Maybe you'll understand better after you think it over, Rita answered. Good night, and do be careful, after a second's hesitation. Dear. Good night. Blackie slipped away in the darkness, refusing to recognize the revelation in the girl's final word. End of chapter 7